Coming up on podcast 1933, Tesla's superchargers, France's EV surge, and success for MG in the UK. Well, thank you to a new Patreon producer. That'll be you, Stu Chambers. Stu Chambers, thank you so much for being a producer. Exec producers get their name in the show notes. Everyone on Patreon gets your own link in your dashboard, and you can put that into your RSS uh, feed or your, your podcast app, and you get the ad-free feed, a little bonus for being a Patreon supporter and ultimately paying my wages uh, because that's what I do. Uh, thank you for everyone who does that at patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday, 16th of October. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Right, we'll start with some news of Tesla kicking off Model Y deliveries in China. And that is the mildly refreshed, but certainly improved Model Y. Although the Model 3, so-called Highland edition, is a, a bigger upgrade. The Model Y has been refreshed. And in China, we saw that on October the 1st. Starting price stayed the same, though, about $36,120 equivalent. Chinese consumers can get the Model Y in the three variants, which you probably know, which is the Model Y, simply called Model Y, a rear-wheel drive standard range, call it that if you will, long-range all-wheel drive, performance all-wheel drive. Now, enhancements to the base model, a little more range, a little quicker acceleration. Long range gets slightly more range as well. And the upgraded Y gets some uh, multicolored ambient lighting inside. Looks really nice. A refreshed dash trim and some new 19-inch wheels to ride on as well. Now, Tesla's new supercharger availability prediction tool is rolling out. So this is software update. 2023.38 and the not a tesla app software tracker found this new update which is going to forecast the availability of superchargers when you arrive so this is all part of why tesla is so brilliantly integrated because they make the cars they write the software and they provide the chargers there's a fly in the ointment but bear with me now to make the predictions tesla looks at the travel duration that you are on to the supercharger. So, of course, you have to use the Tesla nav system and you choose your journey. And it might be that that's your destination or it might be that you're stopping along the way. And Tesla will now use an algorithm to work out well, it already tells you how long that it thinks you have to stop for before you move on. But now it feeds that in to everybody else heading to that supercharger and it will now give you a possible wait time, which is fantastic feature that, my goodness me, I would love that. You know, all connected chargers really should tell you whether it's available or not, and they, they pretty much all do, and also how long it's been used. And you can work out then, you can do some mental math and think, well, if it's been used for 45 minutes and I'm pulling off the, the motorway in 10 minutes, hopefully it'll be free because who, char- who, who fast charges for more than an hour? But, well, there could be a queue and you just don't know. And Tesla have been improving that over the years. And now this new update will predict your wait time based on every Tesla driver's input into that and working out where they're heading to and how long it thinks that they will stop for. Now, people could screw the system by staying for longer than Tesla suggests. And that is obviously fine. The fly in the ointment that I mentioned, and that would be because they're opening up the superchargers to third parties. And unless third parties integrate Tesla software into their cars, which we know they're not, although all of those 
joining the NAX connector in North America will have that as part of their internal nav system. So you'll be able to navigate, a, you know, a Tesla supercharger will show up alongside Electrify America, for instance, in 2025, whenever these systems come online and everyone starts using the NAX connector. However, uh, unless they integrate with the Tesla navigation to say, hey, I think you should stop at this supercharger for nine minutes and then go to the next... Unless Tesla can fine-tune that somehow, it, it, it sort of spoils it a little bit. But, you know, I'm not being negative. This is a brilliant move forward. I wish that I had that, you know, for, for every DC fast charger. That would, that would mean a level of connectivity which is impossible. But because of the way Tesla do it, they can just uh, do things like this, which is brilliant. Hey, if you'd like your podcast ad-free, remember you can sign up to the Patreon, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily to get your ad-free feed. Next in the news, an EVgo is securing $12.7 million from funding in California, Colorado, and Pennsylvania for fast charging expansion. Over $4.3 million comes from the NEVI program, and the Colorado uh, split is about $1.5 million for 14 stalls, Pennsylvania about $2.8 million of that NEVI funding for 18 stalls. And in California, EVgo was awarded $4.3 million for fast charging through the FAST grant. They have previously had about $13, $14 million from the NEVI fund for 20 fast charging stations in Ohio. So it's great to see that money being spent and some really decent sized uh, charging stations going in. Let's talk about electric scooters because... We don't talk about them enough, do we? And in India, for instance, and uh, countries where you see a lot of mopeds on the road, a lot of scooters on the road. And when I say moped, I mean, you know, a motorbike that is limited by top speed, not, you know, not the little sort of two-wheeled kind of scoots things that you see around. Um, But the OLA electric, O-L-A, the OLA electric vehicles, uh, have been around a couple of years now. They're improving them all the time. The S1 Pro Gen 2 how has an 11-kilowatt motor from the 8.5 one that was in it. It's now got a a 4-kilowatt-hour battery in that. And it'll do 180 kilometers on a single charge. And these kind of vehicles can have terrible emissions in combustions in, in combustion world because there's very little regulation of them. And so to get these electric is really important. Uh, the scooter will do 120 kilometers an hour. I triple checked that on the Ola website. That's crazy fast for a moped. And it's got a little seven inch touchscreen for your nav, your Bluetooth connectivity and over the air software updates as well. Ford's F-150 Lightning Crew is facing a temporary layoff. 700 workers that work on one of the shifts for the F-150 Lightning. They say that laying off this shift is unrelated to the workers' strike with the UAW. Starting uh, today, the so-called C-Crew of the F-150 Lightning team uh, won't show up to work. Various crews will take turns to go on the layoffs over several weeks. And let's move on to France next, where the EV market share is surging. One in five are going for an electric car last month in September. There was 45,000 new plug-in EV sales in France. That's a 35% increase compared to the previous year. Nearly 30% of total market share of passenger vehicles last month had a plug socket on the side. It's been rising in France over months and years. If you look deeper into that number of the 45,000, then pure electric cars, BEVs, if you like, soared past the 30,000 mark, a 34% increase year on year. 20% of passenger cars sold were pure electrics. 
Let's look at so far this year in 2023. Been a bullish year for the French EV market. 341,000 plug-in vehicles have been registered. Model Y, you won't be surprised to hear, is the most registered battery electric vehicle in France, as it is indeed in Europe. Now, let's talk MG next. And MG Motors are reporting UK sales of £1 billion. This is for the financial year in 2022. But it positions them really favourably in the EV transition against their competitors. Now, MG these days is owned by the Chinese company SAIC. And MG sales volumes have had a massive rip lately. So an impressive jump and doubling because of the increased appetite for their electric vehicles. A big rise in pre-tax profits for 2022 have been revealed now. £54.2 million, up from £4.3 million the previous year. Looking at the history of Rover, MG Rover, if you like, it was the UK's last domestically owned major car manufacturer. And it faced bankruptcy in 2005. China's SAIC acquired a portion, I would say a significant portion of MG, and the rest went to the Nanjing Automobile Group. Well, in 2007, those entities merged to SAIC as we know it today. The MG ZS, I've got the original Gen 1 of those still in the driveway, gotta sell it, uh, is one of the more affordable EVs on the market. But all of their cars are more affordable. My mum drives the MG5, the the estate, the Gen 1 of, of those. It's a really good car. MG4 comes in various flavours, very long range, very high performance, and they're doing really well at very good price points. And I'm not surprised that they are growing. Now, let's talk about how nearly half of all new cars in the Netherlands are plug-ins. Last month in September, the Netherlands reported a 47% share of new car sales have a plug on the side of them. You want to know the pure Bev share? All right, I've got that as well. It's 34% in the Netherlands last month in September. Let's look at the entire year so far, up until at least the beginning of this month. And that is that we are going to get to 50% of all sales It's hovering around 47% right now for the entire year, but I think by the end of the year we'll get to 50%. The Netherlands has a strong trend upwards, and last month, you know the number one seller. It's the Tesla Model Y. Not just the number one electric car, but as it's been doing over the months, the number one selling passenger car in the Netherlands. It saw double the sales of its closest competitor. You know, years ago, I forget the year he said it, maybe even at the launch of the Model Y when Elon Musk said that the Model Y could be the best-selling passenger car in in, in the world, not just the best-selling electric vehicle. Oh, how they scoffed. Oh, how they laughed. Right, let's talk about, finally, Neo's ET5 touring hitting European roads. Neo's begun deliveries of the ET5 touring, the estate, the wagon, marking its launch that took place four months previously. Uh, Delivery events for the ET5 over the weekend are in Germany, Sweden and the Netherlands, uh, in uh, Norway. And uh, according to NEO's social media, customers now get their hands on their cars. 75 kilowatt hour ET5 variant starts at 59,000 euros, including the battery. If you want the 100 kilowatt hour version, 68,000 euros. So it's more of a premium vehicle, but an exceptional vehicle, ET5 estate car. And they also do it in Germany at least, and maybe in all the European countries. I'd have to check my notes on that. As a battery as a service model. 
when you get the ET5. So you don't own the battery, but you rent it, you lease it. Uh, the 75 kilowatt hour model has a price reduction of 12,000 euros, and the 100 kilowatt hour has a 21,000 euro discount on the purchase price. But of course, you're not purchasing the battery, you're doing your monthly cost on that. And maybe you're doing some battery swapping along the way. And that is your podcast for today. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our premium partners. That'll be Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the Nevo.ie and Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made so simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one. I'll see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.